welcome to another episode of the Coaster 101 podcast. I'm Eric Woolley, uh, Coaster 101's writer out in California. Today I am joined by Shane Joseph over in New England. Hey everyone. And uh, Andrew Stillwell down in North Carolina. Hey Eric, hey Shane. How you guys doing? Good, doing well, well all things considered. Um, <laughs> uh, that's actually already a good segue into our topic for today, Andrew. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to be topical. Um, we're going to sort of talk about park closures and reopening and coronavirus and sort of this broad uh, broad thing going on in the uh, theme park world. Um, I think parks basically have been closed since about mid-March. I think that's sort of when everything sort of started getting shut down. Andrew, I know you mentioned uh, your signal that things were changing was when the NBA canceled. Yeah, I mean, that's what, it, that's what it was. I mean, I remember even as Mid mid to late February, we were planning our uh, our Coaster 101 meetup this year. We were going to be down yeah. in Texas yep. and hit pretty much every park in the state of Texas, I feel like, with a roller coaster. And, um, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> so, typically, we, we'd we be at the, uh, the point right now where we would have gone to at least one or two parks. And I know, you know, some parks are opening. But right now, I have, I've yet to ride... A, any of the new for 2020 roller coasters and the one roller coaster new roller coaster I've ridden this year was a um, a wacky worm down in Florida. So I need to get back to parks. <laughs> I'm, uh, I take the stance that that doesn't actually count. So <laughs> Fair. Uh, well, um, that was yeah. I think that we'd all been planning that uh, Texas trip. I'd sort of been tentatively trying to plan a Disneyland trip for this spring because I'd gotten a flex pass last summer and wanted to get some more uses out of it. Uh, I was strongly debating like wanting to make sure i fell into a window where haunted mansion had reopened and indiana jones had not closed because they were both going through refurbishments uh turns out that was all uh for not (laughs) um so i guess we can get but parks so right now i think the the biggest topic news is actually that parks have started reopening um finally yeah so uh, andrew shane where are some thoughts on the parks that have reopened or ones that are opening soon you know, I've, I've seen uh, some, obviously, a lot of the parks in various states are opening. It's really depending on the state government. But, you know, parks like Universal Orlando is a big one. Um, the Fun Spot Parks down in Orlando. Six Flags Over Georgia recently opened. Dollywood had their their season pass holder preview today. Um, Frontier City's opened. So they're starting to they're starting to pop up. Shane, what have you, you know, have you seen any anything else that I'm forgetting? Uh, yeah, the uh, SeaWorld and Busch Gardens also in Florida opened up uh, last week. Um, so, I mean, slowly parks are starting to reopen. I was a little surprised when Universal was one of the first. Uh, I thought that for a big resort park, they would surely kind of sit and wait and see, kind of like Disney's doing and see how the other parks are handling it. Um, but it looks like Universal has actually been faring pr- pretty well. So I think it's worked out for them. I've been impressed with them because Universal, uh, I think, has gone to an entire virtual queue system for everything, right? Uh, I was sort of surprised that they – I haven't read any problems about that not working, which is like, oh, they were actually able to roll this out to every ride and it seems to be functional. Yes. Uh, was yeah. impressive to me that they it's, could do that. It's definitely impressive, uh, but there's some things – like I was talking to somebody who uh, visited uh, Universal, and they were saying that – the ride reservations um, 
are sort sort of like uh, what Rise of the Resistance was doing, where um, for like Hagrid's that uh, Hagrid coaster that just opened is you know one of the more popular rides there at the moment. So you know they they run out in minutes. So if you're not there right at the opening, you're probably not gonna get on it for the day. So that is kind of the only thing that's a little bit inconvenient. But considering how big the resort is and how many guests they have, it's still pretty impressive yeah. that they were able to get that done. I think we could probably record a different podcast uh, arguing about whether we prefer the virtual queue for the <laughs> ride that sells out in minute three versus a 10-hour line. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and brainstorm other options that might work. So I saw, um, I saw actually, they were they opened those um, the virtual queues kind of throughout the day. It's kind of a rolling system. Yeah. So, you know, if you're not in the park by 8 o'clock and eight seconds um you still have a shot later in the day to get on Hagrid so that's always a good thing um you know I'm well, not and I know that er- early when at least the first few days they were open I don't know if it's gotten busier but it looked like there were lots of rides that by the middle of the afternoon there were tons of rides that had lots of availability if you it, it made me tempted to think oh should I buy a plane ticket to Florida is that if Universal's actually empty this <laughs> might be a good time to go it's getting yeah, you new, actually uh, New meaning to the phrase social distancing. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, Um, I think this is the the one time that you'll actually be able to go to the parks and have it look like the concept art with the amount of people. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I've seen that's kind of like a a double-edged sword a little bit. You know, people are talking about, you know, certain things aren't the way they're supposed to be. Obviously, you have to be socially distanced with the characters. Uh, some effects and certain rides are turned off. Um, so I've seen, you know, kind of the the scuttlebutt above the whole thing being like, if this is your first trip, um, you should hold off. If you're a seasoned theme park veteran, you're willing to kind of take the risk. It's a great time to go just because, you know, you can do so much and the park is virtually empty. Yeah, that that's my feeling too because we had uh, – I was scheduled to go to – uh, Disneyland uh, in March before uh, it closed, so I still have the tickets for that. So I'm talking with with some of my friends who I was going to go with, and we're kind of debating. But we've never been there before, so we want to go as late as possible to have the uh, best experience. So there is kind of that uh, trade off of well, you can go when it's empty, but it's not going to be the same experience you get otherwise. Uh, and I also think that it's a little different with something. You know, like a Frontier City or a SeaWorld versus a big, you know, Disney or Universal. Yeah. I do sort of, I mean, I guess there, I, there's part of it that I could actually see it maybe being easier if you're not uh, a theme park expert going now. Because, like, I mean, I know the first time that I went to Disney World, like, very overwhelming the amount of planning that needs to go into that and, like... What the hell? Where? What buses do I have to go to to get out of this? <laughs> How do I get from this park to this park? What do you mean they're ten miles away? Uh, and I like a little emptier might be a little like calmer pace for some people going. I could see that maybe being easier, but missing out on things like parades and shows certainly right. things like that are like that's a big part of it. So you Eric, that. you're just mad that they don't have paper fast passes out east anymore <laughs> uh as i'm opposed to the paper fast pass i the first time i went being horrified at the fact that i couldn't just walk across a plaza to the other parks was very irritating to me um so speaking of disneyland though so we there are parks that are open and some that have announced their openings I, disneyland's uh they propose their opening for 
actually the anniversary of the original opening of Disneyland, uh, June or July 17th, I think. 17th, um, yeah. And there are a few other parks that have sort of proposed later openings. Are there any that have stood out to you as surprised that they're waiting this long or things that feels like they're opening sooner than they should be? Which we could get into a lot of that too. Yeah, we we definitely could. Obviously, you know the Cedar <laughs> the um, the Cedar Fair parks they've announced openings. Um, I think the first you know Schlitterbahn opened last week to pass holders, and their first amusement park is uh, Worlds of Fun. But you've also got um, Kings Island, you've got Cedar Point. So I know uh, Hershey is opening the first week of July. Kennywood is not soon thereafter. So again, it's kind of that that states. You know where the uh, where they're able to kind of combat the virus a little bit better. Um, I say this as someone who lives in a state right now that is uh, an emerging COVID hot zone. So uh, I don't believe my home park will be opening anytime soon. I don't want to speak for the park, and I hope that's not the case. But uh, I'm I'm okay with them waiting. Yeah, I was at the. Uh, I think Disney is maybe the first of the California parks that actually announced it. And the California is not, uh, at least statewide, not in the like phase that the governor has laid out where parks can open. But he'd sort of it's expected that that will be the case in July. Things will be able to open. So I guess Disney's trying to get a jump on it. Um, I know there were like SeaWorld San Diego and Magic Mountain. I think have sort of like floated ideas, but I don't think they've. Certainly none of them have actually been approved yet, so I'm still kind of holding out hope as to, like, when some of my local ones in Northern California will open. Although, then debate internally whether I would actually want to go to one when they first open. Right. But, you guys, with the parks that are open right now, what are some things that you've seen, you know, on social media? I know none of the three of us have been to the parks. I know John, our our site owner, founder, whatever we want to call him, uh, he was at the <laughs> the, uh, the Dollywood season pass preview today, and I know he uh, he saw a lot of he was taking a lot of pictures. There was a lot of good stuff on social media he was posting. One thing I th- saw that was pretty interesting is they're not requiring you to wear a mask on the roller coasters. You can if you want to, um, but if you if you choose not to, you have to hold it. You can't leave it at a bin. But you know what are some uh, what are some things you guys are seeing uh, at other parks, good or bad? Um, well, I think I, I've seen a little bit of both uh, across social media and, and talking to some of the people that have uh, been to the parks. Um, the good Universal uh, started out uh, a little shaky when uh, City Walk opened. Uh, in the first few days of the parks, uh, there were some people having trouble with uh, not wearing the masks and the employees you know, not doing anything about it. But now that's definitely uh, turned around and everything I've heard f- within like the past week has all been good. Uh, at a universal um, SeaWorld and Bush Gardens, though, I have heard multiple uh, people saying that they are not um, enforcing anything, which seems to be the main problem is, uh, I mean, even if you go and, and look at videos from uh, the past week of Bush Gardens and SeaWorld, you'll see that probably about half of people aren't wearing the masks at all or properly uh, on the walkways. So it's one thing when they're allowed uh, space to be distant, which is good. Um, but it's also the problem of the uh, cast members not enforcing it where it uh, matters. So it's it's been a little bit of both, I think, at the parks. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've, you know, like the rest of Theme Park Internet, I saw the pictures out in, uh, out in Utah, and I know uh, 
I didn't catch the exact policy change that Lagoon made, but Lagoon has updated their mask policy. Um, I did see there was uh, Arnold's Park in Iowa. It's a you know really kind of a small park. Uh, they opened for the season kind of post COVID on June third, and because of a spike in cases in that area, they've already closed again. So they closed uh, this past weekend on the uh, the thirteenth. Uh, we're recording this obviously a little before it uh, airs, but yeah, they uh, they were open for ten days and then they closed. So, I mean, good on them for for being safe and you know making the right decision. But um, that's definitely not what you want to see. Yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of the certainly. I mean, I tried in the in the post that we put up about Disneyland's announced reopening. I tried to like. Uh, put lots of sort of uh, caveats in there of like Disneyland is proposing this this could change a lot like certainly I think for any of these parks that have July opening dates like now scheduled if there's a big spike in cases which like has sort of been happening we've seen lots of states where cases new case numbers are going up um, I could see lots of them putting them off further or doing it I think certainly opening and closing is the worst thing probably both from a, a PR point of view of suddenly like, hey, wait, was this actually safe? Is it safe for any of these to be open? But also, I would think for the parks, just financially, that's harder. I mean, if you figure they've brought in, they've trained staff now, they've done maintenance to get everything working in the last place, and now they have to shut it down again. If they have to furlough staff and then train new staff again two months later, that was a bunch of effort that has now sort of gone to waste, which... You could imagine some of these parks, if they reopen and then have to close, that might mean they're closed for the year kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think that's part of the reason why uh, Disney is waiting so long, because the worst thing for them, uh, especially from a PR uh, standpoint, like you were saying, is for them to open and then close a couple weeks later. Um, because I think that would shake a lot of people and influence their decision whether to go. Um, so I'll be curious to see if some of these other Orlando parks do end up Reclosing, and if Disney will adjust their opening date at all, if that happens. Well, let's uh, let's not talk the uh, the doomsday scenarios. Uh, <laughs> you know, there are there are some parks getting ready to reopen, and one of the parks reopening soon was Worlds of Fun, and they actually opened to season pass holders today, uh, June twenty second. Um, we are joined right now by Chris Foshi, who is the communications manager for Worlds of Fun. Uh, Chris, how you doing? I am doing great. It feels so good to, you know, be at the park. It's opening. It's exciting. Everything is right in the world. It feels like summer. It's it's just a lot of feels. It's awesome. That's good. I mean, you've you've had a uh a, a we'll call it a delay for the season. Um it's been an interesting few months for sure, but you know, what does it mean to you? to uh, have Worlds of Fun be the first amusement park. I know Schlitterbond opened uh, pretty recently, but the first amusement park in the Cedar Fair family to reopen. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. It's a, uh, I don't know, it's kind of just a a sign of things kind of starting to get back to normal, at least, uh, you know, allowing people into the parks to to have fun in a safe manner. And, uh, you know, it's been exciting just to do all of this as a communications professional, it's definitely, you know, been uh, a little challenging just because there's a lot of information to work through, but um, you know, it's, it's been really rewarding um, kind of 
you know, to see the feedback from our fans as they're getting excited as we reopen and, you know, just helping them, um, you know, get the information they need to navigate their visit to the park. So, uh, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Gotcha. Well, you, you know, obviously in a, a position like we're in, we get a lot of press releases and a lot of these reopening press releases, you know, they, they say the same thing in different ways. You know, they've got the social distancing, they're adding hand sanitizing stations. Um, why don't you, you want to talk about a couple of the, uh, the things worlds of fun is doing as a, as you know, as it relates to social distancing and uh, safety measures? Sure. I mean, you'll see a lot of the same things that uh, you'll see at some of the other, you know, big parks like Universal and Disney. All of our health and safety protocols align with CDC recommendations. Uh, you know, they've been shaped by information from industry and health and safety experts, along with our local government officials. Um, so we presented a plan to the uh, city of Kansas City to reopen uh, some of the things that we're implementing, uh, you know, reservations are required to limit capacity. That's to ensure social distancing. We have touchless thermo temperature screenings prior to entering the facility. Masks will re- be required. Uh, we'll have social distancing markers throughout the park, including the queue lines um, and in the rides uh, as well. Contactless uh, shopping and ticketing, enhanced cleaning procedures throughout the park, hand sanitation stations. Um, you know, just a lot of, um, you know, best practices to make sure that we are providing a safe and clean environment for, uh, not only our guests, but our ambassadors and, um, you know, all the families that our guests and ambassadors go home to. Gotcha. Um, one of the things that I know Cedar Fair is doing, and you and I were talking offline a little bit, um, they're relying heavily on their app and they've invested a lot in the infrastructure of the app. And, you know, we've got an article on coaster101.com kind of talking about how Cedar Fair went into the app, but can you talk about the, uh, the reliance on the app and kind of why one member of the party is required to have the app? Uh, It's a great tool and you can do so much from it. Um, You know, it just makes everything is in one location. Everyone has their phone with them anyway. Everything you need for your visit is in one convenient location. Uh, so anything from making your reservation, uh, adding your season passes and your tickets to the app. So it's all scanless. I mean, uh, contactless, you know, they scan it right from your mobile app, um, as well as navigating into the park to see what attractions are open, ride wait times, um, that sort of thing. Uh, some of our other sister parks will have mobile uh, food um, ordering capabilities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a a great way. I mean, you've got the park map right there. Everything you need is in one convenient location. Um, on our end, it also helps us um, kind of, you know, it helps us track our guests and, you know, make sure that, you know, the reservations are met when they're in kind of where they're going. And we can actually kind of see, you know, if there is a large group, maybe in one specific area, we can go in and kind of, you know, help spread them out uh, just to kind of, help us, uh, you know, promote safe social distancing and, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure that we're paying proper attention to all the details within the park. Right. So, you know, not to uh, use a 1984 reference, uh, Big Brother is watching, but they're doing it for your safety. And I wouldn't even say we're really watching, you know, it's more just we have the capabilities there in case we need it. I don't foresee us being able to, or I don't foresee us really being 
I don't foresee us really having to use much of that. I mean, we're not looking at your data or anything right. like that. It's mainly just it's there if we need it. Gotcha. Um, you mentioned masks were required. Are you guys going to have uh, Worlds of Fun design mask designs available in the park? Uh, we will not have Worlds of Fun branded masks, but we do have uh, you know some fun designs throughout our our shopping locations. Perfect. Um, how is the uh, the reservation? I know reservations went live last week. Um, how has the reservation demand been so far? I know you know. Are people excited to get back to the park? They are. I mean, the response has been good. I mean, there's still some spots open uh, throughout the week. Uh, I would weekdays seem like a great time to visit. And you know, limited capacity means shorter lines for everyone. So I mean. Really, a great opportunity for people to you know get into the park and ride a lot of rides. I mean, you will get a lot of out of your visit for sure. Um, how are you guys? I know some some parks are doing the the every other row on the roller coaster. You know, you can sit with your party. Um, can you? Um, how's Worlds of Fun kind of are doing that? Is it kind of that same thing where it's a, a yep. seat in every row? Yep every every other seat. Perfect. And uh, the last question I've got, um, obviously, you guys have a, uh, a record-breaking water slide uh, that is getting ready to open in the park right now. Um, what's the uh, what's the status on Riptide Raceway? I know you don't have a opening date yet for Oceans of Fun, but what's the uh, the construction status update on that? Yeah, we have not made an official announcement on Oceans of Fun right now. We are focusing on Worlds of Fun, trying to get it open, but we do have a new world record-breaking water attraction opening in Oceans of Fun. It is the world's longest uh, mat racing water slide, and it is called Riptide Raceway, like you said. Uh, It's got four awesome tubes. They have just completed all of the infrastructure construction, Uh, so now it's just kind of landscaping and finishing some of the details. But I've got to tell you, this thing looks beautiful on the hill. It brings a great splash of color to oceans of sun, and it is going to be a great attraction. I mean, a lot of people get maybe a little intimidated when, you know, they hear, you know, world record breaking or uh, anything like that. But it's really a a family attraction, um, you know, that you can ride, uh, you know, with your friends, your your kids, your nephews, your nieces. I mean, it's fun for the fun for the uh, fun for all ages, as they say. Um, but yeah, it, it is looking great and cannot wait to ride it. Perfect. And the last question I've got for you, um, I know the park opens, uh, yeah. when, when you can sneak away and get your, uh, your quote unquote first ride of the season, what's the, uh, what are you going to ride first? Well, I've got to be honest with you. I, I think I'm going to hit up Prowler, um, only because they have put in a lot of track work on the ride and, um, you know, it, it's going to be a lot smoother. I'm just kind of curious, you know, uh, Great Coasters International, they do such a good job of maintaining rides and coming in and, you know, uh, adding their little special touches to it. And I'm kind of just, I'm excited and curious to see the impact they've made on Prowler this year um, to, you know, help keep it smooth and running, running like a machine. You know, it, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. Love it. All right, Chris. Well, I really appreciate it. Um, everybody listening, Worlds of Fun opens today to pass holders on June 22nd. And Chris, when does, when does the park open to the general public? 
Um, we have not yet announced that. We imagine that daily ticket sales will probably go on sale uh, in the pretty near future. Uh, we're definitely looking at early ju- July to start okay. welcoming daily guests. Perfect. And I will say, you know, to uh, all the, the coaster enthusiasts and the theme park fans out there, um, you know, uh, we really appreciate your support during this time. It's been challenging for all businesses of all shapes and sizes, but um, you know, we need your support now more than ever. Well, you've definitely appreciated um, your support and, you know, go visit a park. All right, Chris, we really appreciate your time and we're really looking forward to Worlds of Fun reopening this year. Uh, they open today, uh, June 22nd to pass holders. Um, that's it for this week's episode. I want to thank Eric and Shane for joining me. Um, if you've got any questions, comments, concerns, hate mail, fan mail, uh, feel free to email us at podcast at coaster101.com. Uh, we're on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, we're doing TikTok dances now at Coaster101. And as always, the website is www.coaster101.com. Uh, quick shout out to Justin Mabry of JM Music Designs for providing our theme song and outro music. And that's it, everybody. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>